really missed Bruno, whatever he was up to this weekend. And while, you know, fine, Bruno, further your career, spend the weekend in a spa, just do what you like, Bruno. But honestly, will you think of the statos? Will you think of the spreadsheeters? Will you think of all of us who've had to apply scaling factors to make our graphs work this week? Come back, Bruno. Or at least, let's never have a three-judge panel again. Welcome to the Keep Dancing Podcast. I'm Ellie, your host. Tonight I'm joined by Anne. Hello. And Richard. Hello. And Lisa. Hello. To talk about the week five festivities. We're your 100% unofficial, unexpurgated and slightly edited source of Strictly Come Dancing analysis, news and opinions. We are neutral. We have our favourites, but we always try to be nice. If you'd like to get in touch with us, email us at keepdancingpodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter and Instagram at keepdancingpod. We'd love to hear your views, theories and defences of AJ's trousers this week. So what did we think of the show in general? We're sort of in that lead up to Halloween. We had, you know, baskets of tens out this week. We had a weirdly unbalanced judging panel. What did what did everybody reckon to the general vibe? It, it was a bit odd. It it was a bit I don't know lacking in something. Everything seemed a bit off kilter. I think possibly the fact that Bruno wasn't there kind of messed up the judging and um, and the fact that we'd had all those tens has kind of almost put a downer on things because everything just wasn't as good apparently, as last week. Yeah, I mean, obviously good is subjective, I guess. Um, But yeah, this did seem to be another one of those deep breath weeks between between what's just happened, tens week, and what's about to happen, the silliness and wig fest of Halloween. Lisa, how did it compare with X Factor, which you were watching sneakily in the other chat on in the other tab? <laughs> well, it's like national final season at Eurovision around here. I've got X Factor on one screen, I've got Strictly on another screen, I've got live chat on another screen, podcasting on another screen. I've run out of screens. I need a new iPad. Um, um I I don't want to do uh, the man of the moment down, but Strictly is up at fifty percent audience share now. Well, Yes, I make no comment on the overall quality or anything else about of the difference between the two shows. <laughs> I just have a very, very dear friend on X Factor, so. Uh, yes, and we wish him all the best. If you uh, want to go and check out uh, some of mine and Lisa's handiwork, go and look Yay. at www.slavco.me. Slavco me. Um, so anyway, less about that and more about the dancing. Let's get into these dancers. Mm-hmm. 
sensing the jive and getting both your name and your coffee order slightly wrong, it's David Gadami and his partner, Nadia. It was a week of random theming. And to be honest, I didn't think I initially with this being the opener, I thought this is some dodgy theming. But, you know, by the time we got to the end of the night, dodgy theming, the, the a coffee shop was relatively sane. Maybe dodgy theming was the theme. Ooh. Yeah, you've got to imagine that somewhere there's a secret whiteboard with uh, what the real themes of each week are. <laughs> yeah. Richard? Yeah, okay. Um, for me, it was a bit faffing about at the start, hence the dodgy theme of the coffee shop. Um, he did have good flicks and kicks, though, to be fair, and good synchronisation with Nadia. Um, but it wasn't continuous fluidity around the floor. I thought it was a bit stop, start, stop, start. Yeah, and he still had that slightly scarily intense facial expression as well. Yeah, and he needs to sort of tone that in a bit, and he needs to get a grip with that. That may be next week's sort of build upon. I don't know. Next week is all about scary, intense facial expressions. True, but just get into character more, possibly. Uh, okay. I will believe you, thousands wouldn't. Lisa on David. You know, it was okay. There wasn't really anything wrong with it, but it didn't really stand out particularly. To be honest, I'm struggling to remember it. It's never a good thing if you're struggling to remember the dance. I think this week did have a lot in common with last week in that the second half of the show was highly superior to the first half. Absolutely, I agree with you there, definitely, because I can remember the dances in the second half. Go, you know, they're still in my head right now. Um, but I don't remember the first two or three dances. I might have to look them up on YouTube while we're talking to remind myself. 2017 is the year of the half-hour memory hall. Yeah, it kind of is. It's weird, though. It's weird, that. though, because I, I, I was drinking a selection of craft ales as I was live tweeting yesterday. And you would think it would be the second half that I could remember less than the first half. But no. Do we have any anything to say about David? No, we're getting it out of the way. Right. OK. Like David and his jive, he is, we are getting it out of the way. Dancing the Viennese waltz and getting good use out of Oti's swan dive dock prop, it's Molly King and her partner, AJ. We had a little odd moment in the judges' critiques after Molly and AJ did their little dance where Shirley made a sort of a very unvalicious comment about Molly and AJ's chemistry. Are we, are we, are we here for an a- Molly AJ showman's? Yes, uh, well... Nightmares. <laughs> nightmares. Richard? Oh, yeah, I remember this one with the bridge. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I literally, you know, I said I was going to, like, look them up on YouTube. I literally just did that. <laughs> oh, wow. So this is effectively a live podcast. Yeah. <laughs> just because I'd completely forgotten about it. And as soon as I saw the bridge, I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that. It was quite a wafty one. They were hanging around on the bridge for a long time. Um, nobody jumped off the end of the pier at the end. So... Well, ev- I was going to say about that, if you're going to do something that's quite similar to something that was done, was it in the final or semi-final last year? Um, it was It was sort of mid-contest. Oh, was it? Yeah. I thought it was later on than that. No, in the final for their show dance, Danny and Oti had a door frame. The, the picture frame thing, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, if you're going to, you know, replicate something that was 
really quite iconic and got the most gif hit of 2016 then yeah you kind of need to be dramatic with it and it just kind of was there in the middle of the floor with fairy lights on and so it, it, it actually honest. impeded their flow like they they were forced to do horseshoes around it rather than being able to utilize the full size of that dance floor yeah, they were sort of shoehorned into the front half. Well, yeah, like literally the front half of the of the ballroom. Mm-hmm. The, the dance they did was lovely, but without that bridge, or with the bridge positioned in a different position, they would have had more of the floor to work with. And I did like the bodice on Molly's dress as well. That was very nice. Yeah. Not sure about AJ's trousers. I think pale pink trousers are indefensible. Well... We know what pink trousers are coming up, so, you know. <laughs> That's why I qualified it with pale pink trousers. Okay, good. Just checking. Uh, Richard? Um, I'm going to be a bit of a cray kill, I'm afraid. Oh, go on. I thought they spent too much time on the bridge or the pier or whatever you'd like to call it. And to me, it was just boring, the whole thing. It just didn't grab my attention, to be honest. If you remember, well, I mean, speaking of mem- remembering, Molly has been our contestant this year who has been most prone to fall- falling down the back of the sofa of our memories and occasionally has been missed off lists for commenting and like, I've forgotten to make gifts of her and things. Um, does Molly have a real problem with sticking in our minds? And I feel like we might even have talked about this last week, but because it's Molly, I can't remember. I think so, but there again, does AJ need to come up with more creative routines, maybe? I don't know. But to me, it was boring. Ah, well. Anne? I I totally agree. Um, The the intro on the bridge went on far too long. Uh, Far too long. It it was more than 10 seconds, wasn't it? it Now we're all... It was most... It felt like forever. I didn't think they were actually going to get off the bridge and into some dancing. Ellie, so, you, met, you mentioned the 10-second rule, Ellie. Yeah. Um, my mother actually met Natalie Lowe on Friday night, and she actually spoke about the 90-second concept that they have to dance. Yeah. And they're always told the beginning had to be 10 seconds maximum. Yeah. Ending 10 seconds maximum, and the rest the actual dance. Yeah. I mean, the 10-second rule is clearly a thing, and it's probably in, you know, the bumper pack of Strictly Come Dancing rules that is presumably issued to the pros and the contestants, uh, but cannot be obtained from the BBC even with a freedom of information request. We need to talk to Natalie. She knows the rule. Yeah, Natalie knows. Dancing the Charleston and proving that everybody loves a bit of a fiddle. It's Simon Rimmer and his partner, Karen. You put me off there, Lisa. So there are a maximum of 11 Charlestons left in the series. Okay. Yeah, a maximum of 11. Some people may get eliminated without doing them. That would be lovely if that happened. I mean, not that people get eliminated, but that we don't have to watch 11 Charlestons because I might go slightly round the bend. Yeah. Um, so this one was, uh, as my friend Meg texted me, making Gene Kelly spin in his grave. Well, actually, it was okay. It was there. It was relatively entertaining. I mean, you can only you can only work with what you've got in karen's defense really and you know katia had that issue last year and karen didn't so 
you can only work with what you've got. And I think with the equipment given, Karen actually pulled a half decent Charleston out of Simon. It doesn't compare to others that we've seen. Mm. Uh, probably we're likely to see. But I think for what Karen achieved this week, props to her. Well, speaking of props, what did you think of his uh, prop work? with the fiddles, uh, not even attempting to look like he was playing. Alexander well, Ryback, he was not. He was not he was Alexander not. Ryback, who convincingly made everyone think he actually was playing violin. Um, yes. Maybe if they had another week to work on it, maybe they would have got there. I thought I'm it was... trying to be nice. I've spent the last two podcasts being quite horrible about everybody. All right, okay, okay. I was I continuing to explore because I was... I was waiting for the venom to come out and... No, don't ask me any more or it might, so stop. Right, okay, okay, okay. Richard? It was basic, I agree, and there was a few timing issues, but he was entertaining. You can't fault him for that. And when it comes to Charleston, I think of entertainment. I don't think about technique as much. I just think about entertainment. That is what Simon was. Wearing yellow and making a face isn't entertaining. No, it did have some comical aspects now and again. To be fair, it wasn't 100% entertainment from start to finish, but he did make the effort and it was basic, but yes, it was entertaining. Like us getting through the first half of this podcast, he got through his Charleston. <laughs> Anne? Um, I mean, he really lacked in the um, in the kind of... In the, sw- in the swivel department. department. Yeah, in the swivel, he didn't have the kind of the kind of pop. He didn't have the pizzazz. He, he I mean, in in some respects, um, at first I kind of thought, well, do you know, this actually doesn't feel like Charleston, but it only feels like that because we are so used to the kind of bawdy um, seaside postcard bum slapping kind of Charleston. Sli- yes. Slightly naughty, Charleston. And actually, this was something a bit different. And so, you know, maybe people were, you know, maybe that put people off kind of thinking this is not what we normally see when it comes to a Charleston. Um, I would have liked to have seen him to seen him let go of a bit more. A bit more personality, mm. um, a bit more over the topness, but you know, if you have had both of your your one of your Achilles heels snapped, that is quite tricky to do anything. Yeah, I mean, like he, he's brave, even putting on a Cuban shoe and dancing yeah. at all once you've recovered from snapped Achilles tendons. Ah. Uh, the one thing I would say as well is my toddler shimmied all the way through that that's his target audience right there two-year-olds he loved it (laughs) oh (laughs) oh dancing the rumba and making us remember the magic from the past it's debbie mcgee and her partner giovanni see i think we were all expecting a properly uh fruity rumba from debbie and giovanni but they actually made it a really sort of heart-wrenching 1980s romantic tragedy rumba instead. And I thought that there was some technical problems with the performance, even though she did some really impressive stuff like that. 
lovely back bend and the standing leg. But I thought her like her, the fluidity wasn't there in the rumba walks, and sometimes she looked a little bit hesitant, like she wasn't spinning fluidly enough. But in terms of putting on a show and creating a mood and an emotion, again, the showgirl does it again. How are yes. you feeling about Debbie, Lisa? I thought this was lovely. Um, and I think coming from, um, I think she, I think she's really listened to what um, Shirley said last week about the ballet. And I think she brought enough of her ballet training into this to make it look really nice. You know, it looked like a dancer dancing it, but it wasn't so much ballet that it looked like a ballerina doing a rumba. I thought she got the balance really very, very nicely on this between the ballet and the rumba. Um, and I think, what am I trying to say? I think she used her ballet training very well. Um, and I think if she can continue to do that, then that would be great. I, I, you know, am I voting for her? No. But am I wishing her well? Yes. That's quite a big step from week one. <laughs> yeah, it really is. You've, you've come along. You've come as long away on Debbie as I have on Kevin this year. Yes, although I've only taken five weeks. It took you how many years on Kevin? <laughs> uh, um, a while. Yeah. Anne? Um, yeah, I, I agree. Um, I found um, her arms, as you were saying, quite balletic. I found them a little bit too much, but I think that's more of a kind of your taste in arms kind of... I, I, I found them just a little bit too balletic. And the one thing I absolutely love about Debbie is she's one of those annoying people who has those overflexed knees so that you kind of, oh, instead of being kind of 180 degrees, she can actually straighten her knee further than 180 so her, her legs start looking like a banana, which is like the ultimate in in kind of Latin dancing and especially um, in the rumba. I'm just um, I'm just trying to do that now. Yes, yes, it, yeah. I only go up to 180. Yeah, I've I've got the opposite problems. My my tendons in my knees are so tight. I actually can't straighten my knees. Oh no! I have these big. I have these, big, I have these kind of. Uh, the only way I can describe it is like a huge dimple on the inside of my knee. And um, so I'm very jealous that she can do it the other way. Um, and also, I would have liked to have seen a little less fabric in her dress. I'd have liked to have seen it tapered a bit more at the front. I, yeah. found, the, I found it a bit wafty. I, I did think it was an extremely modest rumba dress. Yes. And also that I feel like I've, I, I saw her wearing that as a magician's assistant uh, back in the 80s. Also, yeah, yes, it did kind of hark back to that 80s feel that you were talking about earlier. Yeah. And she, she had an interesting star design on her bum. Mm, yes. Which, <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. If that's, uh, if that's what you're doing, that's what you're doing. Yeah. But again, it's another dance where we've got we've got nothing to complain about, but we're not raving either. 
No. She's still not got the the wow yet. Although we might have thought it was a bit more wow if she'd have been near the end of the show. Potentially, still yes. waiting for. Yes. I agree with that, actually. I think we would have said more wow if it was near the end of the show rather than earlier on, and it was too early on for that particular run, but I think... Has she closed the show yet, Debbie? No. Just let me She's look opened, at... hasn't no. she? No. Uh, yeah, she opened last week, but she's yeah. not closed the show yet. Our show closes so far have been Aston, Alexandra, David, Susan and Johnny. Oh, then she her must... turn is coming, isn't it? Yeah. She, I think she could potentially be closing Halloween. Next week, yeah, that's just what I thought. That, and that may be why they didn't close her this week, because they wanted her for Halloween, because it's Halloween. Woo! Insert reality TV studies right here. Yeah. Maybe she's doing a massive um, magic trick. I would, I would she actually... She has to finish the show, because she's got a, a big, massive prop. I like big props and I cannot lie. Um, <laughs> I, I would actually like to see Debbie doing some magic because you know she is as much a member of the magic circle as Paul ever was. Do we know what dance? I don't know what dance she's doing yet, I'm afraid. I was getting ready for Robot Wars, so I wasn't paying attention during the closing credits. Do you think it might be her jive? I'm just going to take a look at the dance card. Because she hasn't done that yet. She's just done a slow one. Uh, she, she, in terms of fast dancers, she's got an American Smooth, a Tango, a Charleston, a Salsa, a Samba, a Jive. And they're not going to whap out the Argentine Tangos for Halloween, right? No, and she's not going to do her American Smooth because that we know is going to be a balletic style American Smooth. They're going to wait on that one. Yeah. So I don't know. Jive potentially is a good shout, but I reckon that she could. Well, I've already heard I thought about two tangos. So maybe she's closing with a Charleston. Oh, yeah. Or a samba. I don't know. She She wouldn't do Latin and then Latin, would she? No, no. So, yeah, Debbie's closing Halloween with a Charleston. Or a jive. Or a jive. Or a jive. Yeah. Dancing the jive and always ordering the locally sourced artisan cheese board, it's Brian Conley and his partner Amy. Now, I whenever Strictly makes pop culture references, I always think, which part of the Strictly audience is this talking to? And Heidi High hasn't been it hasn't even been regularly repeated on BBC Two or BBC Four or anything like that. As far as I know, Heidi High is very much not a current reference. Yeah, it, they stopped making it in 1988. So what on earth were they doing having Heidi High as a reference for... They weren't even dancing to the Heidi High theme tune which is half what I was expecting when they were doing all the Gladys, you know, Heidi, hi! And they came up with that canary and, and blue ruffle thing. I was, I was expecting them to do that, and then we got It's Not Unusual. Yeah. So it, that felt, that lost me. 
Was it um, like was it supposed to be hyper Welsh because of Amy? Or Yeah. I don't know. Well in that case in that case, if if it was going for hyper Welsh, we should have seen a return of the medium sized dragon. We definitely should. <laughs> but this time sprayed in red glitter. Yes. Um and a shower of leeks. Perfect. A daffodils, maybe. No leeks. But not so heavy. <laughs> you can make leeks into nice rings. <laughs> um, I I mean, it's sort of along the lines of what Anne's saying. It was really disjointed. It was like someone did the choreography, someone did the staging, someone did the lights, someone did the video, but none of them talked to each other. Yeah, and with this and the air hostess thing later on, I kept having unwelcome scooch flashbacks. <laughs> there, there were quite a lot of just random. I mean, not. I don't mean just random themes on the dance overhaul but there were like double themes within one dance and nothing was very it wasn't a very coherent show was it everything was just a little bit weird <laughs> yeah i mean if if there is going to be a week where we just want them to turn up and dance it's the week before halloween yes absolutely because we're far enough away from movie week to have sort of blocked it out of our memory and the one after movie week is always a bit like uh what's happening i've you know it's not a thing who am i yeah yeah so this is the one where we would like them to just show up and dance although it did get me thinking with the high like the heidi high thing wouldn't it be kind of different to replace movie week with tv week one year oh well i i feel like that's that is steadily happening um having sitcom week where you dance to famous sitcom themes would be really lovely that would be great, and I want to see somebody dance to One Foot in the Grave because that would be awesome. <laughs> I think that might be a Charleston. Like, it's a very slow Charleston, isn't it? So if we had a very elderly person on who couldn't dance very well. I, I think what you, would pro- what you would probably do is you would do a slow first verse, then you'd go into full sort of nonsense, and then you'd yeah. end up slow again. Arch could rearrange that music, I'm sure. Yeah. Somebody could probably do quite an effective tango to the Doctor Who theme. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm liking TV Week. I think TV Week would be cool. Yeah, it, and they would be less nonsense about it. Like, we wouldn't pretending that we were all going to Hollywood or anything. You'd go, from the home of TV, it's TV Week. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Perfect. They've got their theme. They're in. They live within their theme. That would just be brilliant. If I, yeah, if they ever went back to broadcasting house, that would actually be really nice for them to do TV they week. Might struggle. It's, it's like I walked past it the other day. Is it flats now? It's getting there. Oh no. Oh, change. Anyway, anyway all this first, don't we? Yeah, so you're. So next week, it. next year, when we become executive producers of Strictly, we're replacing movie week yeah. with. British TV week and musicals week with Eurovision week. Perfect. Agree. Yep. And Halloween can stay because it's a laugh. Because it's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we've so far managed to entirely avoid talking about Brian's jive. Would anybody else like to continue to not talk about Brian's jive? Pick the negatives out of that. Um, so do we basically just have resounding silence for Brian? I've only got negative all right okay well let's move on to something happy then 
dancing the cha-cha and kicking heartbreak, sadness and negativity to the curb. It's Susan Kalman and her partner, Kevin. For once, I didn't actually mind the faffing about at the start because it actually set the story of the dance. Yeah, I think it maybe went on slightly too long. I would have tried to have got it out of the way in the magical 10 seconds. And, you know, they're obsessed with doing those camera shots where they go through the door. I feel like somebody's just got a new smaller steady cam rig on the, uh, on the cinematography team and they're just desperate to take it through windows, through doors, through any orifice that they can find. Even though they did, like, the through the door bit, she did, like, a little bit and then stopped and he sort of stripped off the dressing gown or, or she stripped it off and another few jigs and it, it seemed to flow a bit better, even though it was still faffing about, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So I watched it on the timer, that faffing about bit at the beginning... The time from the start of the dance until she took her dressing gown off was 30 seconds. Oh, my goodness. That is... It didn't seem that long. That is appalling. I watched it on the time, with the timer on. And whenever she's got the dressing gown on, you cannot see whether she's giving you chasha legs or not, which she was not at any point through the dance. But, again, my face hurt from smiling at a Kevin and Susan routine. You can't not smile when you watch these two dance. You just can't. And I don't, to be honest, I don't care whether it's perfect. I don't care if she even gets like three bars of actual content in it. I just want to watch them dance. Yes, they're loving it. We're loving it. I will say, I am very impressed with Susan's kind of willingness to go on the um, costume front. She's been willing to go quite short which I was surprised at. Maybe I shouldn't be surprised at, but her dresses have been... She's had some short dresses and she had that little play suit. So she's not afraid to get her legs out, which I'm very impressed by. Yeah, she's... Um, I think with being uh, on the short side, you've got to be aware that you're going to have to have significant leg acreage out just so that you don't look very short. I think she's taking this a lot more seriously than any of us thought she was going to be doing in the first place, to be honest. She's that She's that personality type, though. Yeah. They, we need in the competition, don't we, for the smiling. Yes, uh, but the thing is, though, she, she wants to be in the competition and she wants to do well, but it's not that slightly scary, Natalie low intensity of wanting to do well for the sheer sort of... I don't know, win at not all costs, but, you know, win for yourself thing. Uh, Susan is wanting to win because it's making her happy and everybody happy. I'm starting to think that we could get Susan up to Blackpool now. I'm beginning to think that we could get Susan up to an MBE for service to joy in the UK. Let's face it. Nice. Yeah. Anyone who deserves it more in the New Year's Honours list. Ah, dear. She should be a dame. Dame Dame Susan Kalman. That seems perfect to me. Rolls off the tongue. Yes, marvellous. I mean, I would curtsy when I met her anyway, so... Absolutely. Anne. I mean, she is just so enthusiastic and she's just so loving it and you can just tell from the way she's throwing herself into everything. Um, but also, she's got very, very good timing and I think that's also down to the fact that Kevin is giving her the right type of choreography 
that she can do and she can get involved in and she feels confident doing. Um, yeah, he sometimes has her doing quite sort of rhythmically exposing stuff. But because, I don't know, maybe his, his teaching method must just really work for her learning method because everything everything he's asked her to do, she's just done it. Yeah, and I think the fact that, you know, we, we know that she loves him and she's possibly one of those, she's possibly also one of those people who, you know, will we'll just trust him implicitly and just think, you're the expert at this. I'm going to try really hard at it, you know, and she just kind of takes everything in. Um, if I had one thing I'd really like her to do is, especially in that dance, she needed to keep her weight further over her toes. Now, a bigger heel would help that, but she's worn some very low heels, so I don't know whether she's got a, a issue with that. She um, didn't wear heels for 20 years before Strictly. Yes, well, you can kind of tell, can't you? I mean, yeah. obviously she would feel very uncomfortable, but she just needs to literally move her weight, her, her, her weight just ever so slightly forward onto yeah. her toes. And, and that would give her a bit more bounce and a bit more kind of up and down. Because she's in the Improvers Club, she has been getting better every week and the heels have been getting a bit higher yeah. every week. So She'd be in six-inch platforms by, you know, the final. I cannot wait to see her towering over us in her six-foot platforms. <laughs> Dancing the waltz and giving us a bit of that high quality waft, it's Aston Marigold and his partner Jeanette. Um, I mean, this kind of just happened, I guess. Has Aston reached the stage where him being good is boring? I just yeah. couldn't connect with it. You couldn't what with it? Connect with it. I just found it, it just went in a flash. It's not. Uh, the only thing I thought about during the dance. I saw signs of emotion, but it didn't sort of, I don't know. It just, something wasn't there. I found it quite cold and stagey. I agree with that. It's staged. It wasn't honest. It wasn't personal. It was, I agree with that. It, it Wait, felt like something from a bit of musical theatre. It felt like, you know how sometimes you go and see a piece of musical theatre and it's like, already they're already three months into the run and they've been doing the same thing every night so they're kind of doing the best they can with it but it's like they desperately need a week off it just sort of happens yeah yeah it's it's as if, it's as if they're bored of it now because they've been doing it repeatedly maybe Maybe Aston should voluntarily lose one day of training although if his wife is about to pop uh, then he might not have any choice about that Yes, that, that might mm. change things up. That would be so annoying, though. You're at home, brand new baby, and he is just off eight hours a day, taking any excuse he can to get out the house and down the dance studio. Maybe. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> been there, done that. I've been fuming. Um, I find this very dodgy, actually. And I don't mean, like, not kind of emotionally dodgy. I actually found his dancing very dodgy. It wasn't very waltzy waltz, was it? No, it was. It it 
it it was supposed to be a waltz inspired by contemporary dance but actually it was a contemporary dance with a tiny bit of waltz everybody else so far has been very good about making their waltzes waltz yeah maybe he couldn't maybe they were i mean i'm sure he can but Maybe they were trying to hide the fact that he found this really difficult. No, Jeanette likes the wafty choreography. I just find him out of hold, being really kind of shuffly and not very sure on his feet. And they also finished late. They finished about three or four seconds after the music had finished. Oh, that's not very good. Uh, Lisa? It was, uh, just picking up on what Anne said, it was a very Jeanette-y waltz, wasn't it? I just think the judges didn't pick up on the contemporary bit as much as they would normally do sometimes. See, they are very inconsistent on whether or not they like the wafting about. Sometimes you can uh, uh, include contemporary content and get praised for it, like Jeanette did, and sometimes they include contemporary content and get slated for it, like Natalie with Greg last year. There seems to be a lot of inconsistency this year, and certainly last night with scoring, with only three of them. Oh, yes. I sat, yes. With mum, I sat and watched it with mum, and we just didn't, you know, we just couldn't get our heads around all the inconsistencies. And Full stop, really. Two lots of four-way ties is just absolutely ridiculous. That shouldn't have happened. No. Even like with three judges, you there should have been enough randomness to the scoring to uh, alleviate four-way ties and especially a four-way a four-way tie at the bottom was very exposing for the people with low public votes they managed to cope with just three judges with dancing with the stars in america for however many seasons so why couldn't the british Strictly Come Dancing cope for one evening. Somebody should do a statistical study as to whether our scores are more bunched than the American scores, but I only have a UK spreadsheet, so somebody else is going to have to do that. We're seven dancers in, and I don't think the drama's started yet. We've had we've had one and one super enjoyable dance out of the first seven. Yeah. So that is that is a slow start by anybody's standards. But here we go on to. Something that your eyes will never forgive you for. <laughs> Dancing the samba and meeting us after work to show us their bogo pogo, it's Ruth Langsford and her partner, Anton. I can basically recite every word of the film Strictly Ballroom, and so could everybody who was on that stage, behind that judge's desk. Everybody probably apart from Tess in that room. <laughs> it was so metal, wasn't it? Yeah, like, I mean, like, I, ballroom in the competition, in a competition. And I don't understand where the airline thing came from. That was a proper bait and switch, that was. Yes, that, that was just a, another generic beginning. Like, oh, what can we do the way we have to change our clothes? I think, oh, really, yeah. really, that samba should have just started with Anton coming down the handrail of the stairs, like sliding down the handrail of the stairs in the shirt. And if like, yeah. we should have just not seen him in the shot, in the uh, eyeball-searing pink sequin <laughs> trousers and shirt uh, beforehand. 
yes, definitely. Um, I mean, I, I think I think Ruth looked quite good. Nobody was looking. Nobody wrong. was looking at Ruth. No, and then she went wrong, and then it kind of went downhill from there. Bless them, because the thing is, Ruth can't do a samba, and neither can Anton. You know, he can barely muster up the enthusiasm or energy <laughs> or technique for a rumba. So, if this was never going to work, you know, go Lisa. If you can't muster up the energy for a samba, just put on pink sparkly trousers and a fluffy shirt. And the samba will find you. (laughs) And the the samba, exactly. The spirit of the samba will come upon you. Um, Well, it was, in terms of theming and colouring and everything, it was an utter car crash, but I did love it. (laughs) Yeah, it it went round... Uh, through baffling, through bad, to actually, I don't mind this. I think it is a case of, you know, those things, we talk about them a lot, when something's so bad, it's good. I think it made it into that territory. Yes. Yes, it was. Iconic for all the wrong reasons. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Ruth looked great, though. I, I don't think there's a thing they can put on that woman and she won't look fantastic in it. I don't know. We sat there last night and thought, what on earth is she wearing in that air hostess type outfit? Then they did that reveal and then the attention went from her to Anton in that pink vision. And to be honest, I didn't concentrate on the dance at all. I was concentrating on what she went from wearing to what he went from wearing. And that was about it, really. So they managed to confuse you into not noticing whether or not they were doing a good samba, which I would suggest is mission accomplished, well played Anton. Absolutely. Absolutely. They achieved their goal, didn't they? (laughs) Yes. And now they're through to doing some kind of uh, witchery on Halloween. I'm sure that'll be fantastic. (laughs) I Uh, do do think, though, you know, that you see that tweet I put out, the Battle of the Sparkly Trousers. Oh, yes. I think we know who wins that one, don't we? Slavko's certainly got the nicer bottom. <laughs> well, <laughs> isn't that the truth? Um, right, are we... Fun are, fact, though. Do you want a fun fact? Yes. You don't have to put... The, those trousers that he wore for judges' houses, that was the, they were the trousers he wore at Eurovision. They've got actual Eurovision sweat embedded in the sequins. Actual Eurovision happened in South Africa. There you go. They're by Marina Banovic. She was... I sort of fancy watching Strictly Ballroom, even though I saw it quite recently. Anyway. Dancing the foxtrot and making Cher's wig collection do a collective twitch. It's Gemma Atkinson and her partner, Aliash. First of all, what do we think, morally and ethically speaking, about doing a slow-down, sad piano version of Believe? I think it's wrong. Yeah, I agree. Lisa. Oh. Yeah. Yes. But have you heard Conchita's version of it? No. No. It See, co- that's it's the problem. It- you only heard that version of it, and I was listening to it going, I wish they'd booked Conchita to just come and sing that song because she sings it, like, like amazingly. Con- and that was just such a poor version of it, and I thought people are going to listen to this and think, you can't slow that song down. You can. Just not like that. Sorry. Conchita would be a fantastic booking for Strictly. I mean, I mean seriously, Strictly, 
what are you doing? What on Sorry. earth are we talking about? We're talking about... Song, so I just had to say that. Sorry. We're talking about, um, oh, lovely, improving dark horse Gemma and her gorgeous foxtrot. And once again, looking stunning in one of those sort of dark metallic dresses that they've done for her a couple of times now. Gemma and Aliash, definitely to the final, right? Oh, I hope so. I really love Gemma. I... I didn't really know who she was. I, I kind of had all those three girls kind of interchangeable in my head until now, Molly, Charlotte and Gemma. And they sort of separated out. I mean, Charlotte's gone, unfortunately. So that's one less for me to have to deal with. Um, but I sort of had them. Yeah, I, I was mixing them up. Um, but yeah, Gemma is just kind of streaking ahead for me on this i i'm really really loving her i look forward to her dance every week now. yeah it's actually exciting to see what she's going to do and in what way she's going to have grown and improved every week this year uh, with Gemma. yeah absolutely any uh technical critique Anne? i thought the um tip that darcy gave of afterwards about her her back bend was actually quite interesting because at a couple of points I thought she looked really I don't know whether she looked scared or whether she'd just gone into kind of uh, kind of puppet kind of ventriloquist puppet mode and I think it's possibly because she was following that line back far too much with her neck and her head and her eyes that it started to look really wrong. Yeah, she was um, she was all the way back though. Um, she was. Is there like a specific angle? Could you put numbers on it, or is our metaphors like like a flower in a vase the best we can do? Probably because it obviously depends on your kind of stature, should we say? Because if you're quite big up front, then it's quite hard to get the same kind of bend. And somebody who maybe didn't have so much in front. Oh, I've just worked out what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but but I would I would just say that um, following on from what you were saying about the the music, I actually found the music quite aimless, and I actually found myself getting quite bored. There was there was um, no reason for that foxtrot to be done to a slowed no. down version of Believe. You could have picked any other song in that same tempo tempo bracket and quite, had the same effect. I didn't quite get the the clocks, and I didn't get why it was so dark, and I just kind of lost interest. It's and it's random thinking. theming week. It is. It is random theme week. I wish I'd known that. I'd have paid more attention damn you bbc i wonder if they just picked them out of a hat well. <laughs> that would actually explain more the fa cup draw they could do it at the same time a lovely glittery velvet bag yes <laughs> couple number one will be dancing a greengrocer themed routine <laughs> as lisa weighed in on this richard have you no i haven't yet um in terms of the dancing, I thought she was graceful and elegant, and yes, she's certainly becoming a front runner. Like every week, we're saying somebody else is becoming a front runner. But going back to those clocks, do you know what that reminds me of? 
No. The Albanian Eurovision entry this year in terms of the background drop and the floor imagery. Oh, and there was no reason for that either, other than maybe somebody exactly. had accidentally stumbled into a steampunk-themed Pinterest gallery. Exactly. So, like Strictly, Eurovision had no theme for the Albanian entry this year. Have Albania ever had coherent theming in their entry at Eurovision? <laughs> Probably not, but... Exactly. This just... remains As not... Aliana Moon! <laughs> this is still not a Eurovision podcast. No, it's I not, know, sorry. It's, it, it just reminded me of it. Sorry, but it just reminded me of it. Yeah, that sort of that sort of brown and brass and clock face aesthetic. Yeah. Um, it does all go together, but I don't know. Maybe, like there, if you want to do a steampunk foxtrot, there are actual steampunk bands that you could go to if, like, the steampunk theming was important to you. I suggest it probably wasn't. Um, so yeah, it did seem just like a an arbitrary mismatch. It was random, completely random. Mm. Which is a shame because I would actually like a, like a proper steampunk thing uh, next week at Halloween. I would. I agree with you. I would love to see some steampunk because it's very. I want to say trendy because it's it's not supposed to be trendy, but it it's popular. It's becoming more. What am I trying to say? It's goths for people who like brown. Exactly. It's, I heard that as well. It's what happens when the goths discovered brown. Yes. Um, but it's quite, you know, it's quite current. That's the word. It's quite current. People are, are getting into it. It's not such a underground thing these days. So, And yes. it goes well with traditional dance styles, like a steampunk Viennese or a steampunk, uh, a, a steampunk foxtrot works very well. Even a quick step if you did it right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're maybe not ready to introduce a steampunk week, but we would be happy no. with a strong steampunk element to Halloween. Yes, that would be lovely. We're willing to glue cogs onto anything for you, DSI. Dancing the Pas Doble, showing us his lovely deforested décolletage, it's Joe McFadden and his partner, Katya. I knew we were in for something good, when Joe went onto Instagram to say that he'd shaved his chest. You don't, you don't take a bick to your pecs unless it's worth it. That was almost the equivalent of Jake's haircut, wasn't it? <laughs> I don't know. Do we think that Joe is on the up and up, or do we think that he's one of those Strictly contestants who can do half the dancers and struggles with the other half? I think he's a Strictly contestant who is doesn't come from a dance background so naturally some things you're going to discover you can do well and some things you're going to discover that you can't do as well and if you've had 10 years to work on those things that you can't do as well then you might be able to do them a little bit better but if you've had 10 minutes you know um you know a week five days really yeah. i mean not even that you know, they have, what, three days in? If they've not got the routine committed to memory by Wednesday, they're basically stuck. Exactly. So, so if you're basically learning a, a routine in three days, then naturally, if it's not something you take to, just not going to... It's, it's not going to be right by 
Saturday. And he did take to the Paso Doble. I don't think it was one of the great strictly male Pasos, but it was pretty good for this series. I thought it was brilliant. I genuinely thought that was a brilliant Paso Doble. And I would happily go back. I will go back. And that's going to be on my strictly YouTube list for years to come. I thought that was stunning. Sorry, that might be way too much praise, but I really, really, really loved it. I thought his shaping was in the beginning when he was in solo back there. I thought that shaping was top notch and it didn't kind of go downwards from there. I did think he, he lost the shaping a little bit, but I do agree that it was it was really, really good. But I don't think it's an all time great Paso Doble. Well, I agreed with Shirley. I would. I <laughs> well, I would I, agree with Shirley if that had been after Halloween, because you know I am I'm the anti ten until at least Halloween. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I agree with both of you. To be honest, how how can you possibly have agreed? Do that. <laughs> Get off the fence. No, I agree with both of you in terms of the shaping and stuff like that. I certainly don't agree it should have been a ten because it's still too far too early. For Ends. Um, well, it seems that events have left us far behind there. Yeah, but as I said, it was an inconsistency week earlier on. But hey ho, that's just my view. But I think so. We're we're adding Gemma to the front runners list. Are we also adding Joe to the front runners list, or is he a sort of a shock eviction sometime around musicals week? I think he needs to show a little bit more improvement to prove he can do both mm. ballroom and that and consistently before we commit him to the front runners. Yeah. He needs to, he needs to do a good party Latin because he can do, he can do serious ballroom face. He's done his Paso and he's not done a Charleston yet. Has he? No, he can't have done a Charleston yet. Oh, so like, yeah, he's got some, some slightly ridiculous dances to do that are going to be a challenge for him. Uh, but it is, in, it is really good to have one that is properly improving. I, I, I'm going to say something now that's not going to sound very good. I think he just got lucky. This week? I, yeah. I think this dance really suited him. And not many of the dances that he's done beforehand have. I mean, his his top line and his arms were, you know, he's been hiding that light under a bushel and he's been waiting to kind of show that. And I think his arms absolutely stole the show. That said, his, um, his hands still look like planks of wood. The, um, the problem but, with it turning out that you're very good at the Paso Doble is it's absolutely no use to you in any of the other dancers. Yeah, that's why I said I think he's just got lucky. I think he's got those couple of dances that he knows he's good at. And I think if he had a couple of years training, he could actually be quite good. But he, unfortunately, we haven't. Um, and the, the other thing is that um, I was so busy looking at his arms and his top line that I didn't look at his feet. And generally, his feet have been awful. The old misdirection. Uh, he's, he's the old misdirection. He's got his top out, top off. He's got his nipples out, yeah. and nobody's looking at the feet. No, there you That's go. That's well fine done. by me. That's fine. But also, music was amazing. 
Yes. That really flamenco, uh, Rodrigo y Gabriela, um, is just absolutely amazing. That whole was good as well. That whole album is fantastic as yes. well. And their their flamenco version of Stairway to Heaven is superb. Can I just say so it was nice to have a dance to just music, no singing, nothing yes. wrong with the singers. Mm. Actually, for Paso, just have the music. It was quite not dramatic, but you know what I mean. It added to the theme of the dance. I don't think we had any uh, dances to music that was sort of shockingly inappropriate this week. Like we didn't have a, a rock tango or. Disco samba. Or a disco samba. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, maybe Ed Sheeran is dodgy for a samba, but yeah, it all seemed to sort of work. Well, the only, I mean, the only one that didn't was the, was the share waltz thing. Yeah. Yeah. That, it was a foxtrot and it could have been, yeah, it could have been anything really. Have we had many dances or dances in the past where it's just been music purely with no singing? Occasionally, you get uh, some tango, tango music and Argentine tango music that's purely instrumental. Uh, sometimes it's, people have uh, done stuff to classical pieces. But because of the sort of quite broad demographic that Strictly is trying to hit, you do tend to go for things that have been in somebody's charts at some point. It's just how I can't remember anything like that before, that's all. And uh, Ruth and Anton's didn't have music last week. Their tango didn't have any singing. Oh, yes, it was the, the Allegretto. stuff, wasn't yeah. it? Um, and if you remember, Kevin and um, Suzanne, I'm going for, the big paso they did at Blackpool, that was to an instrumental as well. Some traditional paso music. They, they do pop up occasionally, don't they, these non... yeah. And I think that specific Rodrigo y Gabriela song has been danced to before. But it is it is a nice change of texture. Yeah, it really adds to the show, I think. And that's not that's not to say anything bad about singers, but you know, it's just like everything, it adds variety. And variety is the spice of life. Sometimes in music, the rests are important. It's as important um, when you don't play as when you do. Like like the white space on a piece of graphic design. Uh, let's move on. Dancing the samba and fluorescing her way through the Ed Sheeran ordeal, it's Alexandra Burke and her partner, Gorka. Now, before we get started, are there any Ed Sheeran fans here that I can kick off the podcast? No. And I'm not seriously going to kick you off the podcast if you're an Ed Sheeran fan. I met Ed Sheeran once. He was lovely. I didn't know who he was, but he was lovely. I can imagine he was. Uh, so I feel like the music did work because it was a sort of a sambified remix of Shape of You, which does have that sort of really ubiquitous tropical house sound. You know, you've not been able to hear anything but really. It's all over the charts. It's a huge song. And yet, you know, again, we've got one of the front runners in the competition getting one of the big records of the year to dance to. Like Aston getting Despacito. Yeah, well, you know, that's what they're gonna do, isn't it? They're not they're not gonna they're not gonna chuck Despacito away on Brian, are they? 
No, exactly. Once you, when you've got a song like that, exactly, you're not going to give it to Brian. You're going to save it for somebody who'll do it some justice. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I absolutely adored Alexandra's fluorescent dress starting under the black lights. I love anything that fluoresces anyway. And just, I thought that was absolutely stunning that, uh, as a start. Before we even saw a step of samba, I was hooked. Richard? Okay. But in terms of dance, I saw so many samba moves. Not that I'm an expert. She had hip movement. Not something we've seen with many sambas that's always this series. And just flowed well around the floor, in my opinion. Anne? Um, so, in, here, just get what I said about Alexandra last week. Yeah. And just replay it in here. Sickled feet. Too much space between her feet. Her steps are too big. And I think she needs to learn less is more. I think at the moment she's on 100% all the time. And I think she needs to learn to kind of have shades to kind of... Yeah, she can't... She's sort of dynamic. She's got to be full on. I suppose because Shape of You is quite a sort of a small song in terms of instrumentation. You could have done something quite sort of intimate with a samba to that. Yeah, I think that probably would have suited the actual song a, a lot more as well. I just found I just found it a little bit too big and frenetic, and and same thing with her feet and her legs. She's still not pointing her legs correctly. They're still not together. It was it was a bit meh. She was she was saying when she was on It Takes Two in the week talking about the training that she was finding it hard to maintain the control required for the samba because, you know, she likes this song and she just wants to dance to it her own way. Yeah, I think I think I remember saying about Brian that he that he acts at being a dancer. And I think I I'm starting to feel that about Alexandra as well. I don't think I don't think she's acting at being a dancer. I think she's acting at no, I think she's effectively doing the dance break she would do in the middle of an arena show as a megastar. Yes. She's doing what she she just needs to do it. She just doesn't it's almost like she's overthinking it and thinking I must I need to do it bigger. I need to do it more umph. Whereas what will help a co- connect with the audience more is making the performance slightly smaller and slightly more one-to-one. So it feels like she's doing it in our living rooms rather yes. than at the other end of Wembley Stadium. Maybe, maybe, maybe these are points we need to raise with Gorka rather than Alexandra. Shall I set up a meeting? Yes. <laughs> Tell him off. Lisa. I feel, like, I feel like maybe she just needs to relax a bit. Yeah. I feel like she's putting extra pressure on herself that she doesn't need to. No, because she's fabulous. She's a star. She is. But I wonder whether she knows that or kind of feels that in this situation. I think she's very comfortable when she's got a microphone, when she's singing, when she's doing that kind of entertaining. But I, I think she's, I don't want to say she's lost a bit of confidence, but she hasn't found the confidence 
as a strictly competitor that she could do because she's she's excellent um but i think it's her own head getting in her way not not anything mm. else really mm. well you know we will we will continue to see her right up against excellence but maybe with like some sort of dissonance that we can hardly put our finger on for the weeks to come uh let's do the last dance Dancing the quick step and demonstrating what a totally normal trip to the supermarket is like, it's Johnny Peacock and his partner, Oti. Random theme week concludes with the randomest theme of all. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> Johnny, for some reason, working in a supermarket. Oti, for some reason, turning up to the supermarket in a ball gown, as you do. Littering a shopping basket everywhere, causing me to have kittens as it looked like Johnny was about to quick step his way uh, with the blade into the into the shopping basket. Um, but yeah, give or take like some nonsense with props at the start and end. I thought this was a perfectly charming quick step. It was very good. It was it was neat. They travelled well. They mirrored each other. Um, I, I didn't. I didn't mind the um, kind of intro. It, 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 it had some skill to it, that throwing and catching. That was skill. Uh, yeah, I certainly um, couldn't do the throwing and catching no. under pressure on, on, on cameras. And, and even the catch at the end was perfectly in time with the band, which uh, was very, uh, that, that, that was like extra points. Very please. good, very good. And very I think good. maybe maybe if the random theming did serve any purpose, it were, it's doing just more of that, allowing Johnny to look down the cameras and make a connection with the audience. Yeah, because he is getting better. Um, and I think he's starting to come out of his shell and I think we're starting to learn who he really is behind the blade. I do prefer him dancing with the blade on, but, but that's yes, maybe that's just because I, I like I the dances that he's done with it on have been the really high energy, high energy, charismatic dancers that he's going to excel at anyway, just because of his general level of th fitness. Yeah, that's yeah, definitely, and I, I think he probably feels a bit more com more comfortable with that on. He probably gets into the, the the mindset, you know, you put on your blade, you're about to go out there, you're about to, you know perform whether it be on the track or in the ballroom what other blade dancers could we potentially have i'm like i hope this doesn't come across as weird but i am interested for what other really sort of high energy ones we could have charleston maybe yeah. charleston he needs yeah. the blade for the charleston even if he doesn't need the blade for the charleston he needs the blade for the charleston yeah 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 uh samba Tango? No, because he needs to not have bounce for the tango. He needs no, to be very that's level. True, that's true, that's true. Yeah, samba, salsa. I don't think he should wear. I don't think he should use it for the rumba. No. Um. Yeah, we've got some exciting stuff to come from Johnny. I think. I quite like his outfit. Strangely. Really. I like the yeah, I like the fact that it was quite simple and it made you concentrate on what he was doing. Normally I would only wear a corporate polo shirt if I had literally no other option. 
<laughs> Even if it was bedazzled. But anyway, we liked it. Oti was happy. Yeah. Yeah. And as we always say, if Oti is happy, we're happy. Yes. So that was Saturday night. So through to Sunday night's results show. And we had, after that four-way tie settled itself out, we had an unsurprising and probably correct bottom two of Simon and Brian. Uh, would anybody care to uh, disagree with me on that? Pretend to be surprised. <laughs> no. That should have been last week. Yeah, but last week the public were were basically nailing Brendan to a wall, weren't they? So yeah, yeah. Last week everybody had had enough of Brendan. Brendan was gone. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I, they're they're getting through the sort of the the pack of people who have got a limited improvement curve quite quickly. They're maybe not getting through them in the order that we would have suggested, but they're getting through them now. And I, w- I would I would suggest that if uh, anybody wanted to get rid of Simon next week, that would be that now is a great opportunity to put him in like a wolf mask or something to obscure his face. <laughs> That's honestly, it's it's part of the science of viewer voting. If they can't see your eyes, if they can't see their fa- your face, they won't vote for you. No, exactly. What I do fear now with these two being in the bottom two and one gone, being Brian some of our favourites, i.e. Susan maybe, she probably may be in danger going forward. Yeah, but she can dance better than Simon. Yes, yeah, so even if Susan ends up in the dance-off with Simon, it ain't Susan that's going home. No, but I think we've got to that point now where it's going to be a few weeks where we're going to get disappointments going home in terms of our favourites, if you know what I mean. To be honest, after Simon's gone, I'm going to be disappointed with everyone that's going home. Yeah, I so, really like the class of 2017. I, yeah, I, I, I'm, I would be willing to carry many of them all the way to the end. Yeah, in fact, I've got like an eight-person final at the minute. Yeah, exactly. There's going to be there's going to be a shock somewhere along the line. Somebody's going to find themselves not gone, but somebody's going to find themselves at the bottom too. And it's just going to be, be and, and it's just going to be a matter of the wrong dance at the wrong time. Yeah. Yeah. And like, or like a dodgy costume or a distracting prop or, you know, somebody else has a sob story that soaks up all of your votes. Yeah. I just think everybody now needs to pick up their A game, really, because everybody is now, you know, on equal playing field. You know, there's a lot of front runners. There's a lot of improvers. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of people left who you can say, well, I'm just glad you tried. Exactly. Um, yes, everybody. Every, we're coming up to the end of Act One. Halloween marks the traditional dram- dramatic finale of the first third of Strictly. Uh, shocks will abound. It will be terrifying. Before we wrap up, because we are just nearing the end of the show now, what do we want out of Halloween? I think we want a. A really good entertaining show. I think when it's a themed week, I think you have to take the theme into consideration. 
and it's sometimes less about the dancing. I know that might sound bad because it is a dancing show. Strictly is at most 15% about the dancing. Yes. Uh, you know, at a push. And um, I, th- I think that as long as it's an entertaining show and um, we laugh at some of it, then I'll be happy. Richard, what do you want out of Halloween? I'm the same with Van. I want it to be fun, entertaining, and focus less on technique, even though it is dancing, like Anne said. It's just a traditional moment in TV each year, isn't it? It's the annual Halloween special. Everybody looks forward to it. And yeah, just entertainment more than anything else. And characterisation, maybe, through the you know, contestants. Yes, Halloween is the traditional episode where the male celebrity who's been struggling with his acting learns to act. So, go on, Johnny. <laughs> Lisa. What's the question? What do I want out of Halloween? Yeah, I mean, like, obviously, I want some of those chocolate eyeballs. Obviously. And some maybe jelly spiders. <laughs> um, I want to not be able to see it live because I want Slavko to have won the wild card and me be in the X Factor studio. So I want to be watching it at 3am in the morning. But beyond (laughs) that, you know, with Halloween special, I'll take more of what they do because I think generally speaking, you know, the low point was Ore and Joanne's moment last year at Halloween. They get Halloween so right. Yes. Makeup teams rock out on Halloween. They have so much fun. DSI London, like, are in their element and they just... I want everyone who makes the show to go home from Halloween thinking, that was great. I had a really good time. Because I think if they have a good time, it comes across on screen and we get a really good show. Exactly. Okay, so before we wrap up and say goodnight to everybody, it's time for Frock of the Week. My special mention has to be for Alexandra's glow-in-the-dark frock. I'm just an absolute freak for anything that fluoresces or glows, so this is the one for me. Beautiful. Richard, frock of the week? I have a problem. I've got six listed here. Can just, I name all six? Yeah, just do it dead quick. Okay, Debbie McGee, Susan Cowman, Gemma Atkinson, Katya Jones, Alexandra Burke, and Anton Debeck. Hey, Anne, so your, spe- everyone, your special mention. Um, there was only one frock for me this week, and that was Katia. She did look beautiful. That, and that head, the headdress thing, the kind of flower, black, black, pink, flowery thing in her hair was beautiful. The pink looked really good with her colouring as yes. well. Yes. Uh, Lisa, award the award. You haven't given us yours yet. Have I not? I have. It's Alexandra Burke's glow-in-the-dark extravaganza. Oh, yeah, you, you said that in the beginning. Yeah. I was looking for my list of what I had on there. All right. Um, no, stop playing for time, Lisa, and award the award. Okay. I have um, two, three on my list that have already been uh, mentioned. Um, we have to give a special mention to Anton. I mean, yes. there was a... Achievements in was, trouser wearing. <laughs> if there were trousers of the week... Slavko, no Anton's. Um, or Katia as well is on on my list, and Gemma. And I, to be honest, I am really torn between Katia and Gemma. Um, but I, I think I might go with my initial reaction, uh, which was the dress that Gemma was wearing was such a different colour than we normally see, 
And I really, really like that for a bit of ingenuity and a bit of something different. And I thought it looked stunning on her. So I'm going to award dress of the week to Gemma. Hooray! Okay, so that rounds up another stunning episode of the keep dancing podcast if you've made it this far we assume you like it so please go and give us a five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to this i would like to say good night on behalf of anne good night anne good night richard good night and lisa good night and good night from me ellie keep dancing When they were doing all the Gladys, you know, Heidi, hi.